Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi Williams, and this is the opening day sports business podcast, The Sportacast. You went exactly where I thought you would. Sometimes, sometimes there's a layup there, or it's, sometimes uh, it's on a T to keep the uh, metaphor. <laughs> yeah, but keep the metaphor we were, going. We had, by the way, focus group of one had the first scrimmage of the of the new season. Okay, first time on the big field on the sixty ninety, they looked like ants out there. He just <laughs> won't. Play. He played third base, and it, his first couple of warm up throws, he he. Skip to first base. That's and I'm a long like, throw. Yeah, I mean, it is a really long throw. I'm like, what are you doing? And then you know, then he like kind of ripped them off. He's like, that's a long way. I'm like, I, yeah, I told you. Somewhere and I'm Chuck angry. Knobloch is nodding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at second base, right? <laughs> and and I'm very angry that we went for a new bat. And I don't. Like, I listen to the other baseball dads. Well, I don't know. I know the hockey gear. I don't know the baseball stuff. So getting the new bat for the year. And the guy at the store, I'm not going to name the store. You know, it's a place in Jersey that where everybody goes so people will know. But they talked him into the 32-29. Okay. When like almost every other kid on the team, like he's a pretty big kid, but he's not. Like there's one big, big kid on the team who's swinging a bigger bat. I don't even know what that is. That weight is oh, length. It's 30, length and then and then ounces. Okay. So the, and the lingo of, of youth baseball, it's 32 drop three. So he's moving in. It must be a drop three for this year. So he's swinging 32-29. And I'm like, yeah, I've kind of talked to some of the other dads. I think 31-28 is where you should be. And the guy was like, I'm like, I, I, I even like led the guy in the store. I'm like, I'm, I'm talking to the other dads. And I, a lot of them are doing 31-28. You know, I think that's probably where he should be. And he looks at Jackson and he says, how old are you? He's like 13. And he's like, oh, 32-29. It'll be good for another year. Which you like, he went opposite me. I was trying to lead him there. So Jackson's like, Yeah, I'll take this one. And I'm like, What one practice? He's like, Might be a little heavy and big, Dad. Oh. I'm like, You're at it. So I'm calling that store. I'm like, Listen, your guy did not give me time. I, I, I he used it once. I'm like, Give me a full refund and I'll buy the next bat from you. And which, by the way, the one he wants a little more expensive. Okay. But I'm like, God, I'm so. So you angry. got downsold on a cheaper bat that was. Not it was cheap, yeah, and it, but it's still a good bat. But it was certainly cheaper than the one I would have bought if he was doing 31 drop three. Gotcha. Okay. Right. So anyway, that's that's our plight. So uh, it's also funny. First at bat, man on third, one out. Jackson drives one to right center. Exactly what he's supposed to do. Catch the ball. Kid doesn't run. Oh. So he says to me, Dad, we're counting that as like no at bat, That's right? That's an RBI. <laughs> He's like, we're counting that as no at bat, right? I said, did he score? No, 0 for 1. <laughs> yeah, tough. <laughs> I'm a tough judge. Tough judge. Anyway, the big boys are back. Not just the little guys. The big boys are back. Opening day today. Uh, what, what are you looking at? Like, what's your big theme? What do you say? What, where's your attention? You know, we did, we did the highest paid players based on sponsorship yeah. and salary. You had the World Baseball Classic. Where are you looking? I think there's there's two things. One of them you just mentioned the 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 buzz around Major League Baseball right now because of the World Baseball Classic is a real thing, in my opinion, and in the opinion of a lot of people I've talked to. There's more excitement for for Opening Day than this year than there has been. It, it feels like in, in quite a while, and I think that is directly because there was some fairly high stakes baseball being played over the past month. Um, 
and and some of those clips went viral. Some of those same players, like Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, are are, are going to be playing uh, in Major League Baseball. Obviously, I think there's a, there's a bit of buzz that Major League Baseball is also very aware of heading into Opening Day right now because there's there's been a lot of talk about the sport internationally over the past couple of weeks. And then secondly, Scott, and 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 we can talk about the ways this this maybe affects business as well. But there are there are fairly significant rule changes in place coming in this year for major league baseball, two of the biggest ones being the outlawing the shift. Although some teams are, are figuring out ways to get around it. And then also the pace of play changes the pitch clock. And I think that's going to be an adjustment for some baseball fans, but I do think the, the, the motivation behind both of those things, I do think have business ramifications for the sport in addition to just the general fan enjoyment of the sport as well. Should I quote Billy Joel, the entertainer? Do you know, good, you know the reference. line I've done it yeah. before. And I love the line, if you're going to have a hit, you got to make, make it fit. Quick. So they cut it down to 305. Yeah. I, I, I think they're hoping for 205. Yeah. Baseball exactly. or something around there. Yeah. 305 would be okay. Would have been, maybe we wouldn't be in this situation. I, I don't know. I, I'm always, I, I'm, I'm on, I'm not on the other side, but I got to tell you, there's a, there's a part of me that does not mind the slow pace of baseball. When I go to a game, uh, I'm chilling, I'm hanging out. It's sunshine, hopefully. I can leave early if I want to, although I get the argument like that's the exciting part, the ninth inning. You don't want to miss that. I can show up late. I don't know. It just seems like I'm getting more entertainment bang for my buck and I can make it any length I want. So, hey, Well, I've got good news. Baseball is not going to be fast this year. <laughs> this year. It's, okay, it's, good. it's not as though it's, it's going to go into hyperdrive. I, I think a lot of fans, I'm, I'm like you, Scott. I, I go kind of casually and I do enjoy the the pace of it. I don't think we're going to really recognize a massive difference. But I do think in, the, in kind of the larger aggregate, you will. Um, and in my opinion, I, I think this is going to end up being a relatively minor, a minor change in, in terms of how, in, how fans enjoy the game. I think the, I think the, the, the shift has the, ha, has a lot of downstream effects potentially for, for player contracts and, and, and a lot of interesting data that I was at major league baseball's office this week, Scott, for their season kickoff presentation. And they presented some interesting data actually about both of these rules and things that they're seeing, but but one of them was a, a significant change on batting average for balls in play now in spring training with these new rules re- regarding the shift versus what they saw in years past. Uh, so they're already seeing both on the on the speed thing and on the shift thing. They're seeing the results they want, which is faster games um, and and slightly uh, slightly more offense than they were seeing before. All right. Well, faster and slightly more offense is good. The one rule change I love, and I've always I've always said this was the just the, sort of the unlimited throws to first base, the pickoff throws. Just sometimes when the pitcher just didn't even feel like he was trying to pick him off, just didn't have anything else to do, or wanted to step off, or just yeah. threw it over. That that to me was like, all right, come on, we got to get this going. We can't have seven, eight, ten throws. Just that. I like the limiting. I'm okay. What do you think of the new uh, the new slogan for baseball? Baseball is something else. Now, my initial <laughs> reaction, as you and I, I know, you know, you're traumatized sometimes by you know your upbringing. Um, if my parents said to me back in the day, you know, you're really something else, that wasn't a good thing. That mean that meant like you know, not that you're so special. You're not an outlier special. It meant like, dude, what are you doing? What are you thinking? You know, you're really yeah. something else. Um, so that's what it conjured up to me. But I get it. You know, it's catchy, it's pithy, it's, I don't know, but baseball is something else. You, you, you like it, you don't like it, what do you think? Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I, the idea of, of, a, of a sport having a slogan, I also find kind of, kind of funny to me. It's like a, like a have it your way for Burger King or whatever it is now. Oh, no, oh um, I can't believe you just did that to me. Is that McDonald's? 
Oh, but no, it's Burger King, but oh, it's okay. my, my freaking <laughs> focus group of one. Oh, I mean, he was singing it the whole time. The Whopper You're, song? Have it your way. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he and his buddies walk around the house singing that thing. I guess it, sh- it should be no different for leagues, right? These are commercial entities and they're looking for to, to, to create fan loyalty. It's but, almost uh, like they hired an advertising firm. But, oh, yeah, wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, they did. Wait, exactly. Kennedy. Yeah. Exactly. And a, a big one uh, for this. So, so yeah, I, I don't have a strong feeling on whether it's a good one or not, but I do think it's funny that we're... Can, can you think of another sports league? Is there, has there been an NFL advertising campaign? Has there been... The WNBA, I know, had a big one for their for their twenty fifth or thirtieth anniversary season last year. But I, yeah, who, I can't who was think it's of, fantastic? Was that baseball also? I have no. I, I mean, no been, idea. there yeah, was there know. was a, there was definitely a campaign once where it was like it's fantastic. I think it was baseball because I'm okay. hearing it in in like baseball like Mel Allen voice for, for some reason in my head. Yeah, I mean, do you even know who Mel Allen is? I don't know. Oh God Almighty! This 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 makes me weep. This makes me everybody send your hate mail to at Novi underscore Williams. Sorry, Mel. <laughs> Google Mel Allen, please. How okay. about that? Okay. Anyway, keep keep going. I mean, uh, we were talking about the uh, highest paid. Yeah. And not a surprise, Shohei Otani atop the list. But was really interesting is that he was the only baseball player where the sponsorship revenue sort of outsized his salary. Almost every other player in the top, Yankees, Mets, they dominated up there too. But almost everybody was all salary. Otani, and by the way, I don't even think like he's flexed all that much. Coming off this World Baseball Classic, he's going to get a new deal, so that's that that that'll go up even more. But the global opportunities available to him, and you know, CAA is going to start cranking that thing up. I, 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 he's the one guy that has the all these opportunities. I couldn't believe Aaron Judge was nowhere to be found. I just you, didn't get it. You nailed it. Otani is is breaking the mold of how we think about modern day baseball players making money. And and if you think about all of the athletes, um all the the famous professional athletes on some kind of a matrix between what they get paid by their team or their league versus what they get paid in endorsements. Uh there's all of the tennis and golfers are on the way more compensated by endorsements. You're seeing a couple soccer players and a couple NBA players kind of start to tweak to, 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 to just get over that edge. Baseball players are historically way on the other end, right? And, and Aaron Judge is a perfect example here. Aaron Judge is the fourth highest paid baseball player in the world right now. It's at 44 million and 40, 40 million of that is from the Yankees itself. So that's over 90% of Aaron Judge's income. He's one of the most famous baseball players in the world. Can you explain just broke that up to me? A, a you huge can't say- record with the most valuable brand in baseball. Uh, yeah, um, explain it to me. He's not a, he, he's forget about small market. He's the number one media market. He is the captain yep. of the New York Yankees, the Yank now batting number 99. I, I mean, he's the captain of the Yankees. He had a Ruthian season, record-setting season, and companies aren't salivating over utilizing him in some way, shape, or form. I don't get it. They're, they're not. And I think, I, again, I think it's a commentary on on baseball and where baseball's stars are. If you want an athlete to appeal to young kids right now, I think the truth is that there's other sports, mainly I agree. basketball trans- and, and No, and, I'm, I'm going to jump in and I'm, I'm going to be rude here. He yeah. transcends it, man. They are All the kids, they, they know Judge. They all know Judge. I, I know. They all talk about him. It's I a, believe it's, that's it's true in, in, in your like, son's world. Like he's I'm not sure if that's 380 and is a singles hitter. The guy crushes home runs. Well, there's something. I mean, this guy, this guy, Could it be that be it's Judge? Right? Could it be that it's like Judge? Like, yeah, I'd rather focus on baseball. I don't no, want all this stuff. Could that be? I mean, it's possible, but you're seeing this across the board, right? We're seeing, and sorry, there's a siren's going on here the the 
all, all these baseball players. Look at the top 10 here. I'm looking at it. Max Scherzer, 58.3 million from the Mets. Yeah, but I can't. And, Scherzer, and 2 who, million who would know Max in Scherzer? endorsements. Well, nobody wants. Well, what, this what, is what I'm saying. Like, no pun intended. The, What's he pitching? Anthony Rendon is sixth on this list. Thirty-eight I can walk million. Walk by Anthony and, Rendon on Fifth Avenue right now. I, I have know, no and, idea. and two hundred thousand in endorsements. Yeah, according, right. according to our numbers, I think the truth is that this sport and and, and Otani. I would love to see the breakout by. So Otani's numbers: thirty million from the Angels, another forty million on top of that from endorsements. I would imagine the vast majority of that is deals for companies in Asia or or where that's being monetized specifically in Japan. I would be curious, even for Otani, who is a, a, a transcendental star in Major League Baseball. I just don't think those people in, in in the great in the grand scheme of American athletes or athletes in America. I just don't think they resonate in the way that marketers want them to. Whether that's Aaron Judge, Shohei Otani, or anyone else in baseball. Again, I don't understand that. Explain that to me when we're talking Aaron Judge. He has it all. The guy has it all. What? Why would I pick a basketball player? And I, I and I know whatever. Give me, I'll put Giannis. I mean, is it the global appeal? But I assume Judge has that as well. Giannis up against Aaron Judge. I mean, a guy again. The guy. It's it's a mythical figure. It's exactly what you want. Yeah, and I think that that nationwide people don't view Aaron Judge that way. I think maybe Jackson really? and his friends do, and I and I certainly understand maybe people in New York do or people who like baseball. But the truth is that baseball. Is is not at the popularity, you know, relative to other sports that it was a decade ago, right? And basketball has eaten a large amount of that market share. And I would bet that basketball stars are way more aspirational than baseball stars. Uh, and and that all factors into why a company who's looking for someone to endorse their 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 drink might might prefer someone like Giannis over someone like Aaron Judge. All right, let's put our heads together here because if we put both our brains together, we're we're halfway smart. <laughs> what could Aaron generous. Judge do? Yeah, what could Aaron Judge do? I mean, I'm paging David Levy, who has Agassi and those guys playing pickleball, right? For a million bucks. Uh, what one on what what he did the match. What can Aaron Judge do? Can he have his own home run contest? Like with different size bats, with um I don't I I'm trying what can Aaron Judge do on his own with baseball's help with the New York Yankees? With the WWE, I don't care. What can Aaron Judge do where he gets a global spotlight and everybody's like, wait a minute, shouldn't we be doing more with Aaron Judge? <laughs> he can fight Nick Paul. <laughs> Nick Paul or Jake Paul. Or Jake Paul or Nick Paul, whichever one. He can they fight can't one reach of, him. One He's of, too high. The, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think. The, the match is a good example of of a property that is open now to a lot of athletes in other sports. I know you like this idea. You talk about it a lot. But, but anything that pits... The, the greatest athlete in five or six different sports on a series of different athletic challenges to see who can throw a javelin yeah. the furthest or who can sprint in the sand the fastest or whatever it is. Yeah, I think Aaron Judge would, 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 would probably fit well into that. He's got a little bit of a personality, which is nice. He's not the most, he's not the most outgoing and, and, and gregarious athlete. Yeah, he can, that, he that, can that rev it up for, right a, now. for a stunt. Yeah, he can he, rev it up. He's got a last name that, that fits very well in, in specific modes. If there's law firms that want to do something with him, I, I think there's there's a lot. Again, there's a lot going for him. Um, he's, he's, he's a good-looking guy. Like, there's, there's a lot, I think, that, that does work there. But I, I think the biggest thing holding Aaron Judge back, is sad to say, I think is the sport that he plays. Oof, and, and, and I'm saying that knowing that he is on the New York Yankees, which is one of, if not the most valuable sports properties in the world, bar none. Um, yeah, I think that from a, from a kid's standpoint or from exactly what marketers want, I, I'm just not sure that 
that, that, that that's where they're looking right now. I don't know if Selena and Barnes are together or not together or <laughs> Judge not, Judy no. or something, but give me a viral moment with Judge Judy and Aaron Judge. Yeah, give me yeah, something. You should have a kangaroo court show where he's yeah, like ruling the, yeah. on, on funny Wait, things. No, you got it. No, no, no. You, you, dude, you didn't mean to do it, but you just, <laughs> you just had brilliance. Okay. You, you, sir, I'm giving you props, as the kids say. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. What do they say? Uh, my, my, my son will say, like, no cap glizzy. I don't oh, even know what geez. it means, but he says it all over. <laughs> but I, I don't even know what it means. But no, no, you, you, had, you just struck gold right there. Please tell you, me. <laughs> we, well, you said kangaroo court. You yeah. know, in base, it's something, I know they do it in all locker rooms, yeah. in all sports. However, it means a little something more. It's part of the fabric of baseball sure. where they have the kangaroo court where if you don't run, uh, run uh, first base hard or you know, whatever, you do something silly, that, that there is a court in the clubhouse where sh- make him the judge and yep. show me on social when somebody does something wrong and there's like a defense attorney, why didn't you run hard? Broadcast the actual and then the fines when they have to pay it. Broadcast. And I mean that in the largest sense possible that can be on, I don't care, on somebody's Twitch, on somebody's YouTube channel, on, on Instagram, I don't care. But take us inside the clubhouse for the kangaroo court proceedings with Aaron Judge presiding over the process. I would want every time somebody does something where they deserve to be fine, and I'm sure there's a few things that they, you know, they can't show us, but every time that there's a case, so to speak, you show it to us live. Uh, on you know every Tuesday we're gonna we're gonna do that week's um, those that week's fines, okay? Uh, you bring in g- give me another Yankee. All right, Garrett Cole, you uh, you had a bad balk. You cost us a run. And uh, plead your case as to why you shouldn't be fined. And like maybe you know maybe one of the young guys represents him or something. I would watch that. I would watch that every week. Hey. If Aaron Judge is, is higher on this list next year because uh, <laughs> because he's doing a kangaroo court uh, content opportunity, we should uh, we should ask for some royalties. Yeah, we give away too many good ideas. I don't know, but you know what he can also do to get attention. I would pay to see this. Okay. I would pay to see Aaron Judge playing paddle. Playing paddle. Yeah, you knew where I, I, I was had a going. Sense I knew where that was going. Yeah. Okay, because who knew of all like we see a lot of these things, these decks for different leagues, and we did South by Southwest, we did pickleball. Um, but I did not have on the bingo card, New York Yankees taking an equity stake in paddle one. Didn't see it, but explain it to me if you will. Yeah, the, there's been so much attention on pickleball, obviously another popular, uh, country club kind of sport that, 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 that mirrors uh, on a smaller court, the, 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 the type of mecha- mechanics of, of tennis and paddle is another one. And, and the Yankees, so many people investing big names, athletes, teams, leagues, investing into pickleball. The Yankees are choosing to do that on the, on the paddle side. Uh, we don't know exactly how much uh, was, was paid for this. I'd be curious what, what paddle franchises go for, but to your point, Scott, yeah, I think there, there, there are so many smaller leagues and smaller sports right now that are getting off the ground content distribution with streaming with social media is so much easier than it was for a league like the paddle league, if it, if it was 10 years prior to try to figure out a way to reach fans. And Brendan Coffey, our colleague, did a good story on this last week where he wrote about the just the success that a lot of smaller leagues, indoor soccer, for example, 
are having and finding very niche audiences, but but pretty fervent ones on on streaming services outside of the traditional tennis, so or traditional cable and 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 broadcast television. So I, I do think that there is a an interesting business opportunity. They're not all going to work, and I and I have no idea if Paddle is going to be something that is a bigger property in in five years or or gone. We, we heard. Uh, we heard Steve over at, 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 at the, at the pickleball major league pickleball on this show a couple weeks ago, Scott say that he thought Steve Kuhn, Steve Kuhn could, could be, could be rivaling sports like the NHL and MLS as a media property in the next five years. I think that's ambitious for sure, but yeah, there's going to be winners and losers in here. And, and it's for, for what is probably a little, little amount of money for the New York Yankees being able to buy into uh, a, a, a call option essentially on that sport seems like a, seems like an interesting investment. And, you know, when we talk about synergistic opportunity globally, Paddleball, you know, pretty big audience, you know, big, big in all around the world. You think about investors, you're like, all right, everybody brings capital. What else do you bring? Like, all right, this is where if you're the New York Yankees, you bring some operational expertise here, right? Some global reach. Uh, it makes total sense for me. I would think if I'm in, even if I'm not Paddle One, which was the team, if I'm yep. at all involved in the ecosystem of Paddleball, I'm extremely excited that this is the investment that's coming in. And, and who knows what... what you could maybe hold matches in Yankee Stadium and, and off days. Who, who knows what that would look like? But the Yankees obviously have a very valuable piece of real estate that that, that, that at some point could work as well. So I, I think there's a lot of opportunities and some synergies there. Absolutely. All right. Final four. This is what I'm be- being told. Nobody wants to watch the men. Everybody wants to watch the women. <laughs> Caitlin Clark. Everybody is all like uh, two point something million uh eyeballs in the like bigger or beat out every NBA game on ESPN. So what do I need to know? I, I will say though, context is very important. Like before I go comparing the men and the women, just the one thing I want to say at the start and too many people have left it out is that the men are playing the final four at a 70,000 seat stadium. Yeah. The women are playing the final four at a 20,000 NBA facility. Yes. That does not mean that do not mistake. This is not me saying nobody wants to watch the women or disparaging context matters though. If you, you want to go apples to apples, just understand that that is the backdrop with which we are presenting this conversation. And and we can, we can give some apples to apples comparisons just, just to, just to hammer this, this point home. This is a stat from, from our colleague Lev that, that was, was mind boggling to me. Uh, There are three men playing in the final four right now that have Instagram followings of, of 20,000 or more. None of which Sashna can name. None of, none of them you can name because I couldn't name any of the three of them either. Great. Um, there are six players on South Carolina's bench. There are six <laughs> non-starters on the women's basketball team at South Carolina that, that, that are higher than that threshold. If you look at the list of social following by athletes who are still playing, uh, it is a, a massive imbalance towards the women uh, led by uh, LSU's uh, Flagea Johnson. She has 876,000 followers. Uh, Angel Reese at LSU, her teammate, 500,000. The, the highest man is Andre Jackson Jr. at UConn at 61,000. The the vast majority of the highest followed athletes left in March Madness are women. And I do think it's Caitlin Clark is on this list as well. She, she's number four at 230,000. Uh, I, I think part of that is... Uh, it is certainly who who advanced in the men's 
bracket versus the women's. Most of the top teams in, in the men's side are, are already gone, and, and we have a lot of teams that people did not expect to be here. Uh, I think NIL plays a big role in this. We talked with Bonnie Bernstein about this exact idea a couple weeks ago. NIL has proven uh, to be really great for, for a lot of top-tier women's basketball players who have a large social reach and are able to monetize that, which in turn helps grow your social reach. Um, so I think there's a lot of things going on. But yes, I think South Carolina, the, the Friday night game between South Carolina and and and, and Caitlin Clark and Iowa ever. is going to be a monster game on ESPN. And it's going to do numbers that do rival in an apples to apples comparison, some big professional men's sports that have also been on ESPN. Let's use a fun word. It's going to buoy the media rights <laughs> negotiations for the women's side that was always yeah. negotiated alongside the men. But now maybe time that people have been saying it's time for them to have their own standalone negotiation. And we're we'll seeing see. that this property can have a standalone on its own. Yeah, for sure. The, the Emily Karen, our colleague, I feel like I'm referencing almost everyone on our staff this episode. We should. Uh, a really good story about, about that package, because I'll go into it real quick in about a minute. The uh, ESPN has the rights to the women's basketball tournament as part of a package that it buys from the NCAA, essentially all of the championships outside of men's basketball. So uh, FCS football, Frozen Four, college softball, college world series, all of those other championships are all part of this one big package from ESPN. It has been severely undervalued. ESPN is getting a fantastic deal on it. And the deal is up uh, in, in two years. And a lot of people argue that if they cleave off women's basketball, sell women's basketball standalone, the way that they sell men's, that they would get a lot more money for the women's tournament that that would then feature its way back into women's basketball programs, ideally. And then there's another school of thought, and Emily did a really good job, I think, of highlighting both of these things who feel like if you cleave off the women's basketball tournament from that package, you're undercutting everything else that's in the rest of the package, which essentially goes to, to more or less zero from a rights standpoint. So a, a cool discussion or a very interesting business discussion about whether the NCAA should be pursuing a qual or uh, yeah, quality in the way that they sell these rights, which is sell the men standalone and sell the women standalone, or if the N if the NCAA's goal should be to maximize the value of all of its rights, in which case uh, keeping the women with the re the women's basketball with the rest of these other tournaments might actually be the the the, the smarter financial thing to do, uh, and we'll see in in the coming weeks and coming months, Scott, what they actually end up doing. But it is an interesting financial debate. I got to say, my my brain started to wander when you mentioned Frozen Four because, you know, I'm in totally into it. <laughs> yeah. Unlike the men's side here, you know, you're almost chalked there. Great Final Four on the men's side. Quinnipiac, BU, Minnesota, Michigan. Good yeah. luck, Dom Fensor, former mid-Fairfield guy for BU. I'm sure there's others in there that I'm not aware of. But, like, you watch this stuff. It's, it's great hockey. It's like you watch some really, really... And I know we're going to put it out. Should we just tease our, the Minnesota thing you told me about on the on the ticket ref? We can tease it. Yeah. Go so ahead. so tease Sport, it up. Sportico's college finance database was people who are, if you're curious about the, the money in college sports, I recommend you check out. But but you can look at the ticket sales by team. And in Minnesota, the men's hockey team sells more, has more revenue from ticket sales than the men's basketball team. And that really surprised me. I, I know that. Uh, hockey in Minnesota is obviously a big deal. And, it's the and, state and the of Gophers hockey, are, yes, even the, so. The right. Gophers are great. But even so, if you look at other schools that are good at both, like Michigan or like Wisconsin, the, the men's basketball team uh, drastically outperforms the men's hockey team when it comes to ticket sales. So Minnesota, slightly worse of a basketball program than those other two I mentioned, and on par, if not a little bit better from a hockey standpoint. But I was surprised to see that uh, that, that the men's hockey team there 
uh, sells more than the men's basketball team. Just like I was surprised, we, we published this last week, that the UConn women's basketball team sells more tickets than the UConn football team. I think that's also a number, uh, a, a stat that would, uh, would surprise people. So it, it's not just men's basketball and football. It, it, largely across the country, those are the two revenue-producing sports, as they like to call them. But you get instances like UConn women's basketball or like University of Minnesota uh, men's hockey. You get instances where specific teams are extremely popular and are driving real multimillion-dollar annual ticket sales numbers. All right. We don't have that much time. We, we generally like to keep it around here. So if you're runners and you listen to the pod, you're going to have to go an extra half mile. Uh, <laughs> some of those players uh, in, in future Final Fours will probably have trained at the Endeavor IMG Academy. Uh, you and I broke the story that Endeavor is exploring a sale of the Academy. From what we understand, there was some inbound on the Academy business and the offers got to a point where Endeavor is like, you know, I think we need to take this seriously. Um, and, and, and I can see that twofold that this thing is Maybe get ready to go in a different direction. Perhaps it's not exactly synergistic with what Endeavor IMG do anymore. And in, under the care and tutelage of another entity, perhaps it can expand even beyond where it is. And perhaps Endeavor is eyeing a, uh, a, a bid for WWE and sort of wouldn't hurt to put some cash in its pocket. Um, but your thoughts on the Academy, where it stands and in, in sort of the ecosystem and what somebody may do with it. It's a fascinating business. It dates back to originally being the Nick Bolletieri Tennis Academy in, in Florida, where some of the greatest tennis players of the past 30 years trained down there. And then it grew into golf and basketball and football. And now it is both a boarding school and an elite series of camps for young athletes. And you're right. Some of the best NFL players, some of the best NBA players work their way through there. The thing that sticks out to me, Scott, and and you talking about your son is a, is a great example, just how professionalized youth sports is right now, how big a business this is. And I don't have in front of me how much it costs to send a, a, a student to IMG Academy. Let, but let me see if I can do the Google really yeah, fast while the, you make your this, brilliant points. This is just, a, it, it just shows, I think, the, the way in which, uh, forget about college sports, already professional in so many ways. Youth sports is, is very quickly, if not already, having hit that that point as well. So Endeavor bought bought IMG Academy as part of its multi-billion dollar acquisition of, of IMG back in 2014, I think. And, and I would be fascinated to know who the interested parties here, Scott. I think there's a lot of different angles, whether it's private equity, whether it's folks from overseas, whether it's someone who already has kind of a, a, a foothold or a toehold in, in youth sports, who might be interested in, in making an acquisition of this size. But uh, from what I, yeah, from, from what it looks like, yeah, this is a... This is a youth sports business that is is doing very well, has a very prominent place in the elite, elite high school and youth sports uh, ecosystem. And yeah, the, the Endeavor considering selling it, yeah, I think is, is, is big news for sure. All right. So for me to get the tuition through the official site, it's just a ton of clicks and fill out different <laughs> things. So I'm going to go yeah. with where do I get this right at the top? M live, you know, whatever. Let's see. I, I hope this is right. Just like if you just Google IMG Academy tuition, this is what pops up. Standard tuition for one year of boarding at IMG Academy is 68500 plus a team sport competition and training gear fee that ranges from $37,500 to $42,500, depending on the sport. Single semester costs thirty nine four. Yeah. So they're in, on par with some of the kind of elite private schools and prep totally. schools that I've seen. And, you know, so, all right, right there. If you get in the training, you get a great academic uh, um, experience. All right. And let's end it with NFL Redbird together. Once again, Jerry Cardinal in the NFL ever past media. In short, what the NFL is doing sort of with the direct TV package of uh, bars uh, out of home. We know that went to YouTube. 
but not the out-of-home package. So the NFL is going to hold on to that, set up a separate company, Everpass Media with Redbird, and start with some singular IP. And the NFL is never a bad place to start when you're talking about intellectual property. And then see if you can expand it with some other stuff and act as sort of a clearinghouse for that those rights. Um, not surprised, you know, might as well own it and see what you can do with the IP. Totally. Yeah. When, when YouTube, when, when they got the Sunday ticket package, they didn't get all of it. They just got the, the, the Sunday ticket package that, that you or I might get in our homes and, and that left this other smaller, albeit part, which, which is what you said, selling it to, to bars and restaurants. Uh, this is uh, Jerry Cardinal and Redbird Capital is, is, is the partner on this joint venture. Um, and this is a playbook that they have worked together with the NFL multiple times. And, and, and the original one, I think is is the one that provides the playbook here, right? It's on location experiences, on location, yeah, hundred percent. Which is which started as a relatively small ticket and hospitality business, just with a, with a couple NFL rights, and uh, Redbird and 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 Bruin and a few others invested in it, and it grew, and and then it added rights from other leagues, and now it is one of the preeminent sports hospitality companies in the world. And and they do everything from Final Fours all the way through Olympics ticketing, right? It's it, they, they've done so much with it, and that just started from a joint venture, essentially, with, with a little bit of NFL rights. So I would imagine this has the same kind of aspirations. It's what other uh, bar and restaurants commercial rights can we acquire? The Amazon Thursday night ones are handled by DirecTV right now. I would not be shocked if those find their way into this new joint venture at some point soon. And then it's thinking about okay, once we do that. Can we get the English Premier League or can we get a, another another league? And I don't know whose rights are up or what it, what it is, but once we're distributing the, the NFL's Sunday ticket to bars and restaurants, other leagues are, are probably going to be willing to work with us to, to, to use those same distribution channels to get their stuff into bars and restaurants. So it does feel like that's the playbook is to start small with the NFL and then build onto that vertically within the NFL and then horizontally into other leagues. All right. Speaking of horizontally, um, have you been wondering why I've been lifting my camera towards I the have. computer? Because I, I could see your face every time I did it. You were like, <laughs> whatever. What I would like you to do is to spin around yeah. and, and look at the, the digital screen behind you that keeps, it changes, by the way. Yeah. So there's different pictures behind you as you're doing, and I'm sort of distracted and I'm loving this. So I took several shots of you with the different backgrounds that, that I will be putting on Twitter. That's very funny. Yeah, this is a new conference room that I'm recording in, in our office. And <laughs> but I can the, see your face. You're like, what are you doing? And you didn't bring it up. So yeah, I, I figured that, that's what I was doing. And there were some very funny ones that you're, there's Taylor Swift behind you now that oh, you're you probably not quite aware of. Here, hold on. Oh, I couldn't get there. Oh, there's PMC. I couldn't quite get to Taylor. Anyway. <laughs> Just be careful. Don't get too close to Gwyneth Paltrow. That can get you in trouble. Mm, yeah, Don't crash into Gwyneth. Away, yeah. There you are. All right. He is Eben Novi Williams on the Twitter. Look at, look at the one behind you now at Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Slashnik on Twitter at Slashnik. Uh, what do we say? The, the, uh, what do we got? Oh, our producer, Matt Whitehurst. I, I have no idea. Oh. Digital media editor, core development. She loves it when I remind you that the show can be found at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network. 